the BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Hello and welcome to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, which you can download and listen to for free on the BBC Essex website. That's bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. I'm Ken Crowther and this week my special guest is Tom Cole from Rittle University College near Chelmsford. Coming up, we'll be answering your questions on everything from Red Robin, peaches and even runner beans. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Every Saturday from 11. Tom, welcome to the programme. And it's been quite mild. I know it's going to go a bit colder, but it's pretty spring-like out there with the bulbs showing. It's looking absolutely great. So come on. What tips have you got for us today? Well, I think before the leaves come out any further, if you haven't done this, you need to cut down your your dogwoods and your willows, your ornamental blackberries, your elderberry, your buddleias. We need to be quite harsh with those, particularly the first two, the cornice and the willow. Cut them down by taking all of last year's growth down to about one or two buds in front of the old stump. That means this year they'll generate lots of lovely, vibrant colours ready for a great winter colour. Now, you're from the university, and we've been talking on here, on BBC Essex, uh, quite a bit about the um, those interesting round... Glo- you've, you've created circles of... It's willow, isn't it? It is. It's a... Uh, Very... A, a, it's, I like it. It's a form called Britsensis, and... Um, it's actually from a, a colleague of ours, Miss Lavelle, yes. and her class uh, on the RHS Level 2 practical course. And one of the students came in and basically started creating living sculpture, basically bending over the shoots, tying them in with, of all things, cable ties, right. but creating these very organic shapes. So it's a good... We did it quite late this year, but I think the plan is do it around about November, leave it through till spring, and then basically cut them like you would normally. But it just gives you something interesting to look at. Yeah, I, th- I, I thought you could actually leave them and let them sprout well, and then keep trimming them. I think you could, actually. I think over time they'll get quite unwieldy. Britsense is a really, really vigorous, vigorous variety. Thing. So I quite liked it. I think you could try it, actually, with some of the corners, but some of the corners actually do branch more. But, hmm. you know, it's all good fun. It is. So they are. Perhaps you could try that at home. Talking about to what you could do in your garden, well... Um, Apricots, they're in flower pretty well now. We've got peaches, nectarines, all those softer fruits that flower early. Even some of the plums, if you've got them against your wall, watch for night frosts. Smaller trees you can easily cover with something like um, one of the protection nets, can't you? Just using EnviroMesh or one of those, can't you? You can, horticultural fleece. Yeah, fleeces. Anything just to protect a couple of degrees, and that way you'll get the fruit to set. Once the fruit has set, a mild frost won't hurt it. It's just getting it to set is the important thing. And hopefully with these sunny days, we've got enough insects to pollinate as well. Hopefully so, yes. Yeah. Don't forget the almonds as well. Oh, I forgot almonds, yeah. Oh, lots of people grow almonds as well. Nice wall, wall tree, isn't it? We have. We got one, we've got one, one at work, actually. It's freestanding. It's in full bloom at the moment. Spectacular pinky colours. Lovely. Well, once you've done all that, though, and you've been tramping all over your beds and borders, do keep on hoeing away and weeding. Important, uh, isn't it? Take all that competitive growth away. You want your choice plants to really thrive this year. Um, so hand weed, uh, use Dutch hose, draw hose, even forks or hand forks to take out your weeds, particularly the tap roots and the 
searching roots of weeds that are perennial, and then thoroughly mulch around the base of those plants. Uh, more mature plants, as long as it's well rotted, you can go fairly close to the trunk, but if it's slightly on the fresher side, be a bit wary. You can scorch but what, the new I, stems. My warning on that is don't use fresh horse manure. No, 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 no. You'll get so much no. weed. Eight, exactly. I mean, eight to 12 months, really, it's gotta be. for that. And it will also benefit the fertility of the soil. So that's quite important. Talking of getting ready for spring and summer, if you've got a greenhouse or a polythene tunnel, clean it up. You pile, I know, old pots, all this old debris, you dump into greenhouses, don't you, during the winter period. And you need to clear all that out, chuck it, throw a load of it, take it down the tip if you don't need it. Don't keep pots that you're never going to use. Just get rid of them. Take them down and put them in the plastic recycle. Very important indeed. Then give it a blooming good clean. There's several cleaners on the market. You can use the Jay's Fluid, which you can use as a cleaner. And there's also, um, there's several... They're called greenhouse cleaners, aren't they? They are, yes. And just get out there, clean it all up. And if you've got pots, give them a good mm. wash in the same fluid. And then you can use fresh pots, even your seed trays, you can use again, can't you? Absolutely. And once you've done that, go outside onto your patio or, or any other place where you hold planted uh, containerized uh, plants, then you really want to do is top dress those. So what I mean there is take off maybe a couple of inches of the old compost, refresh it, liven it with the same compost but new compost and that'll actually really boost the plants. You have a little bit of fertilizer in there. That's not going to be the main fertilizer for the year. You might come in later on and actually apply liquid feed. But not necessary at this moment. No. So you are, liven up your garden. In fact, really what you're saying, Tom, is, isn't it, is so many of the, the things we've talked about is really, it is spring, get on with yeah. it. it. It's cleaning and getting out, yeah. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther, every Saturday from 11. Let's have a look at some of those gardening events taking place across Essex over the next few weeks. And we're going to be starting just down the road from the studios at Rittle College because they're holding an evening lecture. And it's a special event. It's about community involvement in horticulture. Former Gardener's World presenter Peter Seabrook with Alison Finlay, the RHS's Community Outreach Advisor, will speak about their experiences. It takes place in Northumberland Lecture Theatre at Rittle University College and admission is just a mere £10. So do go along to that. That's well worth going to. The Tip Tree Garden Club guest speaker is Monica Curry, who will be talking about weeds as medicine. That's on the 6th of April at 8pm. Monica has a lifelong interest in herbal medicine, which originates from her Central European roots. Entry is £2 for members, £3 for visitors, raffle and refreshments as well. Saturday the 8th of April, Little Waltham Gardening Club, 2 o'clock. Uh, there is a presentation at four o'clock, their spring show at the Memorial Hall. Exhibits include cookery craft and photography, plant stall, refreshments, all the usual entries, absolutely nothing. Saturday the 16th of April, matching Charity Farmers Market. I said this before, I've been before, great one to go to. Fresh produce from local farmers. Producers include meats, cakes and eggs. Takes place on the third Saturday of every month, 10 o'clock till midday. Remember that on Saturday the 16th of April. 19th and 20th and 21st, the National Flower Show takes place in, OK, that's in May, but it's just a forewarning. And don't forget to go to that. It's Highlands House in Chelmsford. Look out for that one. One more, 25th of April. 
Great Dunmo Horticultural Society has their spring show with exhibits including flowers, floral art, domestic craft section. Go on to that. Doors open at 2 o'clock, so look out for that. That's the Dunmo Horticultural Society, and that's at Folks Hall, Great Dunmo. And if you have an Essex gardening event for the BBC Essex Gardening Hour, please send all the details to me, Ken Crowther, with at least three weeks' notice, either by email, ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk, or drop us a line at BBC Essex, P.O. Box 765, Chelmsford, CM2, 9XB. Coming up next, myself and Tom will be answering your gardening questions. And we'll start with Grace in Benfley, who was 83 and wanted advice on placing her potatoes in the trench. 83 and still gardening. Fantastic. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther, every Saturday from 11. I'm in my late 80s and I want to keep on growing my own potatoes. Good for you. As I've always done. And the um, point is, um, if I bend down to put the potatoes in the right way up, I'm a bit concerned I won't be able to get it up again. Can I just throw the potato in? If if we're honest, yes. Would you agree, Tom? Pretty much, really. I mean, what you'll have on the end of that one of the on the end of each potato is one end's got more of these scars or eyes. That's right. So ideally, yeah. So ideally, that should go upright. But you know what? If you if it's on its side, the shoots will always go up and the roots will always go down. So it's 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 not so crucial. I mean, in fact, it's a reminder that most plants will do the same. If you chuck in a daffodil bulb upside down, it actually roots will pull it round to an angle where actually the shoot can come out the top. Most bulbs, bulbs and tubers, yeah, bulbs and tubers generally will sort of. What I'm concerned about, Grace, is that it's great to think you're still growing potatoes. You're growing them in the garden in a trench, yes. Yes. And how? Who digs them up for you then? I'll have to get my gardener to dig them up. Ah, good for you. I was going to say, you're not digging them up. That's what I was worried about. All right? Now, I've grown all my own organic vegetables. Super. What what potato varieties are you growing? Oh, well, this year I've got kestrel. Yep, it's a good one. Yes, and I've always had them. Oh, I can't think of the name. Popular one. And I've got King Edward this year. King Edward. Mary's Pipe, are you growing? No, just King Edward and... um, Oh, King Edward and the Kestrel. Good Sounds potatoes good. Very to good. Can you, can you, Grace, let us know how, the, how you get on? A bit later on, give us a call and let us know how your smuds are coming on. How about that? Yes, I will do. All right, lovely Bye. to hear from you. Good luck and keep Thank gardening. You. There are, that's a lovely... Eight, how old? 81? 84, was yeah. it? 83? God, fantastic, isn't it? Seasoned gardener. That's definitely a seasoned mm. gardener. Linda from Hadley, what would you like to know? Uh, Tom, morning, Ken. Um, I phoned you up last week, actually, about oh. my amelanca. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, Wednesday, all these lovely plants arrived. Uh-huh. So what you got? Well, what I have got that I really don't know what to do with is uh, the canna lilies. Camille- canna-, canna lilies? Yes. I've got two Wyoming. Oh, right. OK, yes. And I thought they would come as plants. But they've come like as pieces of, like, ginger. Yeah, bits of root. So what you need to do is you need to pot them up. Uh, Yes, I'll I'll put them in damp compost in pots in a sheltered position. 
Yeah, have you got anywhere where it, there is a little bit? I mean, it doesn't have to be absolutely baking hot, but uh, have you got a windowsill you could put them on, or are they bigger I've than that? I've got them outside at the moment. I'd probably bring... Um, I'd probably, what do you if, mean? Have you got, we got a greenhouse, or you got anything like that? Oh, no, but they can go in. I've got a, a sort of like a... Hole, so they can come in here. Yeah, I'd put them Sorry. in there just just to basically really spur them on to growth, and then and then right. not really put them out until around about May onwards. Oh right, not until May. Yeah, right, then okay. they're they're not frost hardy at all. No, well, that's well no, they're not they're not truly frost no, hardy, I mean, are they? They're best to take in every year. We do I mean, at the college. We bring them all in every year protect them over the winter, nurture them through the spring, feed them and then put them out into the beds around sort of early early to mid-May. And I'll phone you up later in the year to ask about the winter protection, but I'll just bring them in now till about May then. Yeah, that'd yep. be great. Yep. Just keep them ticking over, not too much water. Yeah. And when do I start feeding? Um, when are we feeding ours? We're feeding ours sort of more sort of, well, you can start feeding them now, actually. You can start feeding them that sort of now or even into once April. Once they shoot. Once, once they shoot. Once they've got a shoot, you can start feeding. With a general purpose feed, you could even use tomato right. food. Tomato food would be great. Lovely. Okay, thank you very much for your help. That's okay. That's, Enjoy. That's okay, what... thanks. Bye. Bye-bye there. Now we've got John in Craze Hill. John, how are we doing? How are we doing, John? I'm doing very well. You are talking to a non-gardener, I'm afraid. But I've got, I have this little problem that I've just spread some weed and feed on my lawn and it's now been watered in. It seemed an appropriate time. It's just like the evergreen yep. material. But I have this problem with clover. And as the year progresses, clover sort of takes over the lawn and I really would like to reduce the amount of it can you give us any advice on to what would be the best chemicals and what time of year I should do that? I, w I mean, personally, I'd just use a liquid lawn weed killer, wouldn't you, on, yeah. that, on clover? <clears throat> there it are... is difficult to get rid of, isn't it? Yeah, clover's a very... Clover and yarrow are really difficult to get out of lawns because often the chemical will land on the leaf or, or and then just move off it fairly quickly so it takes a longer period to, to actually control so they're creeping plants so they're very matted um you can't with clover I've, I've known some success with if you overly rake it so the tendrils and creepers become more proud you can then mow those off so you sort of keep it down a little there but i think ken's right i mean the best bet best bet really now the plants are coming into growth so we've got to wait for things to make sure they come into growth that's when we can apply some of these selective uh, there'll be selective hormonal lawn weed killers. So just go to any good garden centre and ask for liquid weed killers for lawns. And uh, what you'll have in there is a... That you could give me that I could ask for? Have you got a... No, on the, off the top of my head, oh, my there no, used to be clover tox, but I don't think it exists no. anymore. But, I mean, they, they will all have them. I mean, the key is you want to have... Can uh, I tell you how, how I do it? That's not the recommended method. <laughs> I haven't really told you how to do this, but... This is one of the ways I do it. Now, there is a danger that you could just burn your lawn. You won't kill it, but you'll burn it. Tom's covering his eyes because he would never dare tell a student this. If you rake it up first with a spring rake, yeah. then you just cut it, go over it with a pair of shears, right. then put your lawn weed killer on it, you're more likely to it's kill it. liquid weed killer that you've just it's, recommended, yes? It's got to be a liquid lawn weed killer, not any. Right. 
But it just exposes the tissue a little bit more. Now, it's not a recommended method, because, in fact, if you read the instruction, it says, do not apply when you've just cut your lawn. So I'm telling you something that's not recommended, (laughs) but actually it works a little bit better. But if it scorches the grass, which it can do, because you've just cut some of the grass as well, the grass will recover. That's what I'm saying. And that might reduce the amount. It will help. But he's blinking and saying, how dare you suggest that? Outrageous. 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 So so get yourself a liquid liquid lawn feed product, and you want to have at least two or three ingredients in it. Um, So you've got a whole cross-section of hormonal weakeners. What they do is they suppress the plant or they increase the plant so it burns itself out. Um, and then your grasses will grow up through, and you probably will have to do more than one application, but it is worth it. That'd be the quickest right. way of getting Gentlemen, into the plant. Thanks ever so much for your advice. Um, I will go off to the garden centre right now. No, no, oh, you're not allowed to go right go. now. No, 12 o'clock. No, 12 o'clock. You can't go <laughs> okay, when you're talking. 12 o'clock it will be. You're not allowed to go while you're still talking to us. That's not allowed. <laughs> All right? All right. Thanks very much for your advice. That's a pleasure. Thank okay. You. I was Bye-bye. I was having trying to have a quick look in a magazine to see if I could, uh, could could get to one, but I couldn't. And let's now go straight to John in Shenfield. Hello, John. Hello, Ken. Hello, Tom. Hello. First, the question I have is: I have two well-established red robins, plus my neighbours and several down the road. Never known this before. Every single one has shed the leaves. Right. In fact. Um, I'd agree with you. A lot of red robins are dropping. And some of the reason is the new growth is coming, but they've also, a lot of them have got a lot this year. I don't know whether it's the weather. have got spot, haven't they? Yeah, there's two There's two things, really, with red robins. Yes, there's shedding, there's spotting on the leaves, there's a discoloration on the leaves, and then the new growth start to emerge. And most of the spotting is could be probably put down to physiological problems. So it's more about wet soil, cold weather, even though we haven't had a lot of cold weather, just because we, we sometimes get a cold snap in combination with windy conditions, you can get the spotting and, and leaf shed. So there, there isn't a great deal you can do about that plant at the moment, but you can, I suppose, boost the plant. You can give it a good feed now. That helps a lot. And give it a good liquid fertiliser. And I'm going to recommend MaxiCrop as a really good feed. And I would, I would actually go for more sequestered uh, iron, so sequestrine would be a good one. St- and stay there, John, while we continue to talk, because Brenda in Leon C is asking about Red Robin. Is yours a similar mm. problem, Brenda? Um, yes, it is. Good morning. Um, it's about 15 feet <laughs> high and about 15 years old, and we noticed um, the spotting on the leaves last year, but this year it's looking very sad. All the existing red leaves are dropping, but it is not looking at all healthy. The mm. new growth isn't at all healthy. Now, John, John, out of interest, is your new growth looking good? I'm looking at it now, Ken, and I've got hundreds of very pale red small leaves coming off so, on, at the end of each branch. So, John, yours sounds in good, Nick, but Brenda's, yours doesn't sound so clever if it hasn't got that, has it? Not really, no. It's looking very bald. I mean, if it loses any more leaves, it's going to be, be nothing left. bald. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder if really it's um, had its day. It is about 15, maybe 20 years old. Well, would you... I, I wonder whether hard prune it. Half prune it. Hard, hard prune. Hard, hard pruning. Hard. It, it, how, how far down? Well, so I was going to say, hang on, there, there is a slight risk, isn't there, with hard pruning them, isn't there? But if it's not healthy, you can sometimes induce new growth, can't you, Tom? 
You can do. You, I mean, you, yeah, you can encourage new growth from the base. I mean, you could do that. I'd be a bit worried. I'd be a bit worried about doing that actually. Would you? Where, where it's not got a great deal of growth, I would certainly. Where you've got leaves, it, we know it can take things up. So give it a good, I uh, give it a good feed. This maxi crop of a maxi crop product, with, which has got seaweed, seaweed based product. Water it in, monitor it, see what happens in a month. If you suddenly get some growth, then I would actually maybe reduce it a bit more to try and encourage growth from the base. And then Tom's back on in about a month with me, so <laughs> you can ask him again, and I'll say chop it down and see but, what he says. But it, but it is mainly physiological, but yes, there is. is the chance it could be a fungal disease. Yeah. So the other thing to do culturally is clear everything away from the base of the plant. And get rid of those spotted leaves yeah. and put them, don't put them in the compost, get rid yeah. of them out the it's, way. It's a bit like black rot, black rot, black, black spot. spot on roses. You would tend to incinerate that rather than put it in the compost bin. So does that help you john as well yes it's very good very very good i haven't got the spotting though but i uh, must admit to you this started after that, that uh, storm that we had yep uh, storm yep. doris it started that day and it seems to have continued yeah i would still for safety's sake john i would remove those leaves and get rid of them off site i really would i've done everyone i pick up i'm every morning about 50 to 100 yeah and brenda are you doing the same clearing them and yes, giving them to the council Yes, I'm clearing it away from um, the base and all around in the shrub bed good, good, and good. on the lawn as well. And give, give them to the council, don't keep them, OK? Oh, no, no, they're going in the council bin. Yes. Good girl. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Every Saturday from 11. We go to Anne in Billericay. Hello, Anne. Sorry to keep you waiting. Oh, that's all right. Thanks for your information on the Red Robin. Mine... It's got the spot on the leaf, but we've got a load of new growth, so that's good. That's well, good. What was it you said about giving it? Was it Maxi something you just said? You, you, yeah, it, it's go, a seaweed base. Yeah, go for any product that's got seaweed in. Seaweed is um, really high in, well, relatively high in potash or potassium. And one of the great things about that particular ingredient, it's also it acts like an anti-fumigatory control. So it's, it basically thickens and strengthens the cells in the plant. And you can put it over the leaf as well as in the ground. You can. You can oh, foliar feed it. Uh, or yeah, the it's, best. It's looking quite healthy. A load of new yeah. growth, but it's just that the other old leaves are all falling off. But yeah. there's a load of new growth. I would still feed it, actually. Give it a feed. Really yeah. boost it. Yeah, we'll right. do that. But my, my main reason for phoning you yep. was chives. Yeah. They're driving us mad. Every year we keep trying to dig them out, and they seem to multiply and multiply. Right. And what can we do? I don't yeah. think they're chives you've got. You I know, they got... smell like the you know the oniony smells. I think you've like got that. wild garlic. Do you think so? Yes. What's what's the flower colour? Um, I don't think I've seen it. They're just like long green leaves on it, really. I don't. I still think it's wild garlic. Is it spreading? Yeah. Chive doesn't spread that much, does it? It stays oh, in clumps, these, you, doesn't these it? Really spreading. You know, is the right leaf the is the leaf a little Hollow. broader than normal um, and um, less green, slightly paler? But chives chives would have a rolled leaf. Yeah, they really smell onion you know that smell of But they both do, don't they? Yeah, they both do, that's the trouble. Um but if it's spreading like mad, it does sound like wild garlic, doesn't it? Much more. Now wild garlic let's look at wild garlic as one as for other people getting trouble with that. Is that when you dig it you just spread it really, don't you? Unfortunately, uh, you do it's a need. Narrow leaf, looking at it actually from where you, I'm standing here long now. Long sounds like wild garlic. It does more. sound like Very wild long garlic. Narrow leaf. Yeah. Weed killer. I round up. I would actually, and just be careful how you apply it if it's near other it, plants. Is it near plants? Yeah, it's near near um, a rose, roses and that. Yeah. That's all right. If it's near roses, use a protection shield. Either get a hood. 
Now you can make a hood out of a two litre uh, a two litre plastic bottle. Yes, mm-hmm. you cut yeah. the plastic bottle off at about five six inches down, and then you feed the nozzle through the top of it where you would normally have the cap. Then yeah. put the nozzle back on. And you'll find then you can use it as a hood. And that way it doesn't spread onto other stuff. Because Roundup, is, um, it, it, when it hits the ground, it's neutralised. It's only got, to, it it's, must not touch green tissue. Yeah, it's a total, right. total weed killer. Uh, at the moment, you can use any product that's got glyphosate in up to December this year. But, uh, it's, but just, it's being it's under just, review. But, but the new review <laughs> that has just come out, um, the British review through the, the, the study has just given it a good OK. So that will be going to the European Union's um, uh, discussion later this year. So we're hoping it will stay, because if not, we will be stuffed because there's nothing that's else. That's the only thing you can use. And that, that's a good way of actually of minimizing drift and spread. Yeah. OK. Um, yeah. So that, that would work. I'm digging it out, really. If you dig it, it just seems to you spread, spread it. You yeah. will spread it if you dig it. And that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. So Be careful that, with the use of glyphosate because it will kill anything that is green. All right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Thanks very much, then, Ken. Thank you. That's Bye. a pleasure. That's Anne from Billericay. Yeah. It's, I just read today in Hawk Week on the Hawk Week pages, it's saying that uh, it's just had a really good review here and they reckon it is not carcinogenic. They've done some more testing on it. So that's mm. good. That'd be interesting to see the I'm whole lot. I'm hoping it goes. Stay, stay, stay. Because it, if, if not farmers, it's going to cost farmers a fortune. But I won't get into anything political here because I'll get told off. But let's move on to Beverly in Canoodon. What have we got, Beverly? Hello, Ken and Tom. Hi. Um, the problem I've got and have had, oh, for several years, the surface of uh, the soil in my pot, in my tubs and trough. Um, over winter and, well, most of the time, is a, like a, a green film. Uh, yeah, a green film that's... Um, it's not really leafy, but it doesn't look... It looks looks a bit lichen? mossy. But it's lichen, it could be enough. a lichen or a moss. It doesn't matter, does I, it? I th- it sounds, Just scrape it off. Yeah, it? it sounds like... Um, it might be liverworts, actually, which is like a very flattened yeah. green section that sits on the soil and they smother the the, the soil in the pot and yeah. what they're doing is they're just they're, they're they're loving it because the compost there is probably a little bit wet or moist it is and so that's great for them they're thriving on it what you what you can do is i think maybe look at the pots that you've got is water able to actually leave the container readily if it's not oh, yeah. maybe raise them up a bit more that will dry out the compost it won't affect the plant so much no, um but all, you all on grass all, all the some pots stand on it on gravel okay well that's good then so what i would do is just rake off or pull out that material just tickle the soil so you turn it over a bit add some fresh compost to the surface mm. and off you go and that helps it to thrive yeah. you can yeah, compost all, right. all that material as well pardon you can compost all that material as well you need to throw it away i don't have space to compost okay so that can go in your municipal waste all right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Beverly. Okay. Give, Thank you. Give them a spring treat. Hi, Ken and Tom. Last week, Mick Lavelle was on with me, <laughs> and he suggested for Red Robins um, use Gromor. 
There's nothing wrong with Grable. Grable's good. So he's gone out and bought a tub. Now, you have come in here, Tom, and suggested a liquid feed. And poor old Rob has gone out and spent his money on a tub of oh, Gromor. Oh, I just like seaweed-based products, Ken. But also, <laughs> if you've got a sick, a very sick red robin, I suppose a liquid feed will help. But generally, a feed will help. Yeah, Any feed. Gromor, fish blood and bone. He did mention fish Vitex blood and bone. Q4. Yep. Any general purpose feed will be absolutely good because they've also got, you know, a good range of ingredients in. Whatever you've got, use it because that will benefit the plant. And I know you can get some good deals on these grow malls and things like that at the moment. They're, they're in some of, some of the some of the uh, sheds and supermarkets and even garden, even the garden centres are doing deals on those. So you can get good value with those, you see. Let's go back to the phones. Hello, Joanna. Hi. What, what are we talking about, Joanna? Well, I've got a huge formium. Have it's you? A sundowner, yes. And they it's do. huge and it's got too big. They do. I mean, I, people don't realise how big they grow. They're massive. I remember going to a garden and the lady glibly says, oh, can you just get that out? You know, it was in a circular <laughs> bed. And this thing was nearly, it was higher than myself and nearly as wide. And I gave her a quote and she said, why is it so expensive? I said, you, I said, you try digging them out. And they'd. They're devils to dig out. They're so very matted, aren't they? They are. Mm. The roots go mm. all over the place and getting through those leaves. So what's your problem? Why do you want to get rid of it? Too big? <laughs> yeah, it's just huge. It's beautiful, but it just looks too... I don't want to get rid of it. I just want to... You can't reduce you can them, really, reduce can you? It or divide it. Well, you can divide them. Um, yeah, but it's, you've it's still got still to dig going, it out. It's still going to give you the big plant. Um, it is the actual taking it out of the ground and... You're on the. I mean, you've got a few. You've got a couple of weeks, probably at the very, very most, to move things at the moment. But you know, some things are really coming into leaf. They are already. Whereas the formium's got a nice strap-like leaf anyway. Do you think seriously though? If it, I mean, how big is it? Is it four foot high, five foot high? Um, I'd say four foot high, but it's about probably four. five, five foot, six foot wide. You're and not, you know, it just looks. Tom, come on, come on! You and I are gardeners. We're not. You're not a lecturer only. You're a gardener. I'm a gardener. Okay. I. Do you know what I would do? Get rid of it. It'd be really awful. I, I would take the whole lot out. So would I. And say probably the very, very smallest one and put it somewhere else. And that gives you a perfect opportunity to do something else in that area. How does that sound? Well, yes, I can consider that if you can't divide it. You. You, you would have your work cut out. When you dig it out, okay. you'll find out whether yeah. you can divide it. Saying that, though, you, you, you might find it does fall apart when it you're does. lifting it. Now, if that happens and it comes apart really easily, then pick the best one for yourself, put it right back into the middle and get rid of all the others. Now, shall I give you a hint on how I got rid of the one that was six foot? I had to use a mattock and an axe to get rid of it out the ground. So that's what you're What's up against. One of those big metal... It's like a pickaxe with a wide oh. blade. And that's what you have to... I yeah. mean, they are heavy. You've got a real chunk of stem and root at that bottom. But try it. Okay. Try it. Yeah. Can, can okay. you let us know how you get on, Joanna? I and will what, do. And what you do. We'd love, we'd love to know. <laughs> OK. Also, if you Hang are on. putting it back in, really, really invigorate oh, yes. and improve that soil. Get some good compost in there. That will make it yeah. better for other things as well. Yeah, I've got that. OK, thank you for that. We'll clear some of these... Um, tech shall we so um hi ken is it all right to repot my blueberries now and how many size pots up should i go and that's from kathy uh, yes you get away with it fine now wouldn't you absolutely but fine no problem at all half barrel 
that's what it wants to go into. Doesn't matter what pot size. Because you don't want them drying out, do no. you? And they're they're not something you'll be upset <clears throat> by having a too large a container, are no, they? No. And you just you leave them in there for two or three years. But we're talking about moving, aren't we? So yeah. this may be in there for a few years. I would certainly put it into a largest pot you can possibly find. Plenty of drainage holes at the bottom. Ericaceous compost. And top dress that compost every year. Every year. Yeah. Every year. So they are. That's sorted you out. Uh, Julian Billericke bought a Sabaria Sem. Sabaria? Sabaria Sem in Devon a few years ago. Dwarf shrub. Sabaria. Sorbaria. Sorbaria. It's Sorbaria. Yeah, it's got a, 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 it's a soft, finely isn't it? cut leaf, but it's a woody. Um, but it's not hardy, is it? Yes, it is hardy. Is here. it totally hardy? Yeah, it's hardy here. Right, anyway, she's um, last year dead flowers are on the end of the stems. Is, That's it. Yeah. So you need to just trim those trim off. Trim them off, isn't it? To the new growth. And if it's in a pot, we don't know if it's in a pot or in the. No, it a, doesn't say. So if it's in a pot, just top dress that uh, pot with something like a John Ennis number two or three potting compost. Or uh, if it's in the ground. Give it a good ma- bit of grow more or something like that. Yeah, a good general purpose feed and then mulch, mulch around it. it. Yeah. Now, I would wait until the new growth shows before you cut the tips of the old flowers I off, wouldn't you? I think the new growth should be coming out now. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. As, soon as, so, it, yeah. as soon as it shows. Wait for that to just produce little tufts of growth and then prune to a good outward-facing shoot. Yeah, it's as simple as that. Two peach trees in a greenhouse. Do I need to pollinate them myself? That's stew in Chelmsford. If you can't get pollinators in there... You will need to go from one flower to the next with a lovely little soft brush. I used to use rabbit's tails. I did, actually. A lovely soft brush. That's if you brush. can't get a rabbit's tail. <laughs> nice use soft, a soft yeah, brush. Soft brush. Go, just, twer- just touch the flower, touch the next Pla- one, touch the other one. Keep on doing it's that. It's very therapeutic doing that, you yeah. know. Very keep, good for you. Maybe keep the doors open, maybe to let a few pollinators in, so yeah. they naturally do it for you. Uh, some people also do a little bit of uh, just shaking the plant a little. But actually, the most effective way is to brush the flowers. And let's talk now to Maureen from Braintree. Hello, Maureen. Hello there. What plant are you growing in your garden? Well, I've got an acer. Yeah. And it's a a red sort of um, fine acer. And it's got the woolly, is it woolly acer? Acer on it. Are they on the bark? Little white things? Yes. yes, Sounds like got scale, yeah. It, it sounds like scale, so you've got a sap-sucking insect uh, there. Uh, it's coming to shoot? Yes, it is. So we can actually start to use uh, some of the systemic insecticides, which you can spray the plant. You might want to, though, let the plant maybe grow a little bit more so those leaves are fully out, so the plant can really take in that particular chemical. And then over time, the pest will eat part of the plant but take in that chemical and die off so it's not going to happen straight away but do one application or one every i think you can do two to three applications with things like provado you can can't you uh, so follow the instructions on a product called provado um right. and spray it maybe in the first thing in the morning don't really spray it on a hot sunny day because you can end up scorching some of the leaves if you're not too careful but that's a quite yeah. effective way of getting rid of that pest all right thank you very much Good right? luck with that. Yeah, fine, thank you. In fact, the, that's the other thing that 
aces always get is because they get coral spot, don't they? As well, that's always something I watch out for. Yeah, aces. I, you can actually. I mean, because <clears> if cause any limbs are brushing it and then bruise or get damaged, then you get coral spot coming in on the decomposing. It, but material. it can sometimes then spreads onto new growth, new material, which is rather upsetting, it, it isn't can it? Get, it can, but it's mainly on old. You tend to see it a lot more on things like uh, robinias, the falsicacea, yeah. gooseberries. You see it on as well. Gooseberries? Yeah. I've not seen young gooseberries. Always. They're very brittle plants. If it's, if it's very exposed. The limbs rub against each other. You come to do your pruning, and actually you'll see the little orangey-pink dots. That's it. On the old wood. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Every Saturday from 11. Let's now go to talk to Steve from Hullbridge. Hello, Steve. Hello. What you got for us today? Well, I've got a plant. No one seems to know what it is, and it's a very long name. It's, tell us, tell us what it's called. It's Cyanocalycanthus. Cyanocalycanthus. Yeah. Right. Where did you find this plant? I found it in a garden centre um, uh, along um, to Wooden Ferrers, the road, old Wooden Ferrers Road. I can't remember the name of the garden centre, but... Um, oh, that's the one that's uh, got the Pansy Festival, Meadowcroft. That's it, that's the one. Yeah, actually, uh, and I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to mention them, actually, because if you want to go and see violas and pansies... They're they the best do, place to go to. It's the best place. It does mm. trials, and it's on until the 26th of this month. They're, they're, they're pan, well, viola festival. Fantastic to go there. But anyway, back to the plant. Um, yep. It, where did, so was it as an indoor plant or an outdoor plant? No, it's an outdoor plant. It's got large pink flowers, kind of single rose-like flowers. Single rose-type flowers. Doesn't ring a bell with me at all, does it, you, Tom? Oh, no, stumped. no one seems to know. <laughs> Say the name again, sorry. S-I-N-O-C-A-L-Y. C-Y-L-O. C-Y-L-O. And then Canthus. And then it's got Roustinoy after it. Roustinoy. 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 And then it had another name, Heart Lace Wine as well. Heart Lace Wine. So the colour's supposed to be wine, I suspect. I imagine it's a wine colour. So it's got a rose-type flower. What's the leaf on it? Um, They're quite large leaves. Yeah, they're they're not out at the moment. So it's it's a deciduous shrub. Yep. Comes out in the summer. Comes out in the summer. So, did you buy it in flower in the summer? Yes, yes. But it was a couple of years ago. But I've been trying <laughs> to find out what to do with it since. <laughs> so I haven't it, got any in at the moment because I've had a look. So it's hardy outdoors. Yep. You've had no problem with it at all. No. Um, and how big has it grown? It's about five foot now, and it's about so, a couple of foot wide. So it's grown so, quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, but it's only, it's quite. Spindly. There's not a lot of. Um... Well, generally, I mean, this is sort of general. I would generalise, which is always a bit dodgy because we don't know. I don't personally know the plant myself. Is that if it's grown straggly, if you reduce those branches by about a third, generally yeah. you'll try and make them branch, which is, I think, what this plant needs. Because right. it, it's sounding to me as if it's straggly. You said it was straggly and. Yeah? Yeah, it's a bit tall and a bit straggly, yeah. That's it. Well, Tom, if we don't know what it is and we can't identify it... Well, I have 
just he's found just found, he's, he's looking at he's trying I'm to look being up. naughty today. you're being naughty he doesn't usually use <coughs> this method. right so it is a yeah it is a sweet shrub hartlidge wine yeah it was used to be called Sino Calicanthus Ralstonii Hartledge wine. So it's changed its name. And it's now called Calicanthus Cross Ralstonii. And it's a lovely flower. It almost looks a, bit, a little bit like a hibiscus, but it's, it's more beautiful. indented. It's lovely flowers. It's, this particular one has a well, blood red. So what would you do with it? I'm just trying to think. It's Aromatic hardy-ish. leaves, fragrant in the flat in the summer. Hardy. Um, seems to be semi-hardy. Hardiness uh, H5. I'm just going to check because um, semi-hardy. It's semi-hardy. Come on, come on, quick, quick. I want to move on because we've got Pat from Gravesend and Anne in Bowers Gifford to talk to as no, well. Hardy most places throughout the UK from minus 15 to minus 10. And I therefore. Uh, reduce it by about a third and you'll encourage it to grow, to sprout. That's fine. That's okay. Thank you very much. That's okay, okay. Thanks from Harwich. And thank you for reminding me about Meadowcroft and their uh, their uh, Viola Festival because it really is good. Hello, Pat. Good morning to you both. Good morning. What are we talking with yourself? Um, well, what I'd like to know is can I use homemade compost to start off um, runner beans, please? Would it depend on how strong the compost would be? Yeah, you can. You, you, yes, it would. I mean, it needs to be compost that's probably eight or twelve months old. Is it? And I is is it is that is it that old? Well, yes, yes. I have had it stored up. Yes, yes. So I I yeah. would use it. I would probably sieve it. So I've got a, a finer compost. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then put it put it into the pots you're going to use, and I think it'll be fine. Oh, thank you. Also, be thank a bit, little bit warm as well, so it'll actually trigger the growth. More when quickly. would you start your runner beans off, though? Not quite yet. No, too um, early, isn't it? Around sort of um, April. April time. time. Really. You're or a bit even, early. Even is that, um, it, is that for putting them in the pots? Yes. Can I start them off now? I'd, I'd probably start them off at the end of the month, actually, yes. going into April. Because oh, um, okay. you can't put them out until May time because the frosts have got to be yeah. cleared. Mid, mid, mid-May. Oh, Mid-May. Okay, yes. All right. So um, I can use the own main compost. You, you can, can indeed, do, yeah. Pat. Thank you very much. Nice to hear someone from Kent giving us a call for good gardening information. And we go to Anne in Bowers Gifford. Hi, Anne. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Um, I've sprayed all my... I've got about 30-odd rose bushes in my garden. Lovely. I've sprayed them with uh, black spot, uh, and um, for black spot, and they're all pale pink and very fragile, the, the leaves that are coming out now. Um, they are. Yeah, before I've seen, like, a red tinge to them, but these are pale pink. Do you think I've uh, burnt them or something? No. I made up the right uh, measure no you wouldn't have burnt them you would it would actually be if you'd burnt something then you'd see brown, brown spotting or browning on the leaves but you know roses can give you some quite dark uh, colored or red colored leaves before they before they really get an uh, before they really unfold then they'll go green but you, it can differ from one year to the next so well, I don't, I I don't... Know, I've seen the dark red before but these are all pale pink Actually, they look quite attractive, but... Well, <laughs> there you go. Have you, fed, have you fed them this year? Sorry? Have you fed your roses this year? Yes. You yeah. have. Good. Well, that's good. What were you using? Um, rose, rose clear, is it? Um, no, the... Uh, Top the rose? rose? 
Yeah, as long as you go, as long as you use a good rose fertilizer, that's what matters uh, because they do need it, and it's worth giving another one end of May, beginning of June, to encourage the new growth from the new roses. Brian, you have got that plant growing in your garden, is that right, Brian? Yes, yeah, about six years now. Now, come on, you tell us what it's called. Cyano. Well, when I purchased it, uh, it was Cyano Calicanthus Hartledge wine. That's right. Yeah. And they've just changed um, it. Once it gets established, it will flower from around about end of April through to August. Fantastic. And it's interesting that neither of us had seen it particularly <clears throat> in a garden centre. No, I mean, and we both <clears throat> frequent them quite often. It's strange, isn't it? Do you, do you prune yours after flowering? Uh, yes, yeah, like, like most. <laughs> like and how most hard stuff. do you prune it after flowering? Uh, all I do is I, I keep it in shape. Yeah. So does it grow spindly? Because I'm saying this, this the the guy who rang was saying how spindly it was, and I just said reduce by a third just to encourage new growth. Is, well, it, it doesn't appear to be spindly. It's, 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 it's a rounded bush, hmm. if you know what I mean. And unfortunately, it's right near next to a bridge over my stream. Right. Yeah. So it has to be uh, trimmed, otherwise people can't get across the bridge. But uh, apart from that, it's um, a oh, great, great, great plant. It takes about three years before it get, really gets in, in floriferous. Yeah, because it, it's by flowering in April onwards, it's flowering on previous season's growth for it older is. wood. That's so right. Clear, key is to do what you're doing, shaping it after flowering. Yep. Yeah, and it repeats flowers. This, this is the best part about it, and, and I hadn't realised that when I first purchased it. That's good. I'm going to look out for one now. Yep, yeah. we'll both be trying to find those, I reckon, don't you? Uh, place of plants. I shouldn't say that, should I? No, but oh, you, have. you have. But that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> OK, then. Thank you very much indeed, and that's lovely to hear from me. Brian, this is what BBC Essex and the Gardening Hour is about. It is passing on that information and letting other people know what is good, because obviously... We don't always know everything. Melvin Simpson Lawrence, what have you got for us? Something about trees, is that right? Yeah, hi Ken. Yeah, hi. I've got four trees in my garden. A walnut, a cherry, an apple and a plum. Yep. They're about four years old. Um, I've never done anything with them. I just noticed last year there was all sorts of nasties on them. And I thought about giving them a spray. So I spoke to a friend of mine. He said, oh, well, why don't you put some Jay's fluid, a dilution of that? Oh, I'm not sure about that. So I thought I'd give no. you a call. What? What should I do? Well, there's not much to give them a spray with now today. Um, right. There is a winter wash, but that's too late it's for too the late winter now wash. Too late now for winter Yeah. What are you trying to get? What sort of things are you trying to get rid of? Uh, I don't know. The, the walnuts had black blotches on them. Right. Okay. Well, wasn't sure. What, didn't even know what it was. But uh, the plum, the, the plum tree was just general infestation of uh, aphids of yeah. some description. So, uh, and I just thought, well, I've got all four of them there. I'll, I'll do, can I do them all at once? Are they large like trees or what? No, no. Don't even, they're quite young. If they're small, yeah. you could use... We've still got um, the ultimate fruit and vegetable bug killer, which is dilutable, um, mm -hmm. and that, that will protect up to four weeks, and it does sort of things like the black flies, caterpillars, beetles, weevils, all that sort of stuff, and apple and pear suckers and capsids, so that's quite useful. So that's useful. a good one for all of them. Yeah. Um, the brown spot on the leaf could be fungal. Which we haven't so, got anything for. No, so the key thing there is uh, rake up any leaves from last year, make sure they're out of the area. 
mm-hmm. um, and things like that I tend to incinerate or put into your municipal bin. Is it worth putting a Boltec uh, grease band round just as an added protection? <clears throat> it sometimes helps against a few things, I mean... Well, grease bands are more better, are better towards the end of the year when you're looking at winter moths yeah. and other moths coming in. A bit late in. for it now, isn't it? Um, well, no, you could still protect a bit, couldn't you? Well, you, you can, yes. I think the spray will probably be better. Spray will be the best. Um, and just make sure they've got a good general purpose feed because they're young plants. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. There's actually. nothing else you can do to them. <laughs> no, I mean the no, key right. thing with trees is uh, in the first few years, it's water- watering is very important. Even maybe four years in, just make sure they're not getting water stressed in the summer. Should we have a lovely long summer? All right. I wish. <laughs> yes, that's great. Okay, and I imagine you're somewhere where you can get pol- plant. Are there trees near you? Because you mentioned apple, you mentioned plum. I don't know what what plum you got, Victoria. Victoria. That's all right. That's, that's okay. self-fertile. What apple have you yeah. got? No idea. It was transplanted from the mother-in-law's. Okay, well, ago, you but... might need a pollinator for that, but you'll, you'll have to find out when it flowers and then look for something that flowers at the same time because obviously you need another apple to pollinate that. Or put a crab apple in. Or a crab apple would do. Because they have a long flowering season. All right. Okay, that's great. That's Gives you help, doesn't it? That's a pleasure. That's good to hear Melvin getting on with some fruit. And let's now go to... Rita from Romford. Hydrangeas we're talking, Rita. Is that right? That's right, yes. I've got, um, well, I've got two that are, are quite good, but I bought a new one last year, um, a white one. I've got, yep. uh, like, the half-cut one and another colour one. And uh, um, But I put it in the ground outside. I don't know whether it should have gone in a pot first, but it doesn't seem to be doing much. They're just starting they're, they're only, to yeah, sprout. Yeah, just start. The best place is for it to be in the ground, um, but it, they, they've only really just started to put growth on. So I would right. give it a little bit longer, and um, you should get some growth on those. I've got one called Annabelle at home. Oh, and Annabelle, it's, isn't it gorgeous? The buds aren't even showing at the moment. It always comes in a bit late. But Annabelle yeah. is a fantastic one. Lovely, it's got huge lovely, white huge heads. white heads. Yeah. It's worth looking out for, it's Annabelle. Worth, it's worth doing a bit of um, top dressing with a general purpose feed. Uh, that would be quite good, and then just lightly fork it in around the plant. Uh, top dressing. So, what one would that be? Gen- right, you go for any general purpose fertilizer, like a fish blood and bone, grow more. Any of those oh, right. two, yeah. they would be quite good. Okay, thank you so much. That's okay. In fact, funny enough, we haven't had hydrangea questions on what people think is fungus and is often uh, either, well, scale insects. Scale. Has scale started to show yet? I haven't seen any in gardens. Have you yet? Well, we have, it, we have got it on. Um, Don't tell me at the college, have you? No, no, we <laughs> have had it on there. I'm just waiting for it to emerge because obviously I like things like that because I can bring them into the classroom. You can, but in fact, normally we would have had a lot of questions on that, wouldn't we? Because yeah, I think it's a bit too... Uh, uh, is it just too early? It might be, so it's not... They've only just started started being active i suppose and it's something for people to look out for isn't it be vigilant on those yeah and that is like a cotton wool sort of white stickiness down the base of the hydrangea it's a bit like a limpet yeah um but you'll see it all down those new stems even sometimes on the older stems and you can use bravado for getting rid of that can't you and that helps get rid of that the bbc essex gardening hour this is bbc essex Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. And if you missed any of the gardening advice, tips and events, you can download this programme and take it with you wherever you go. Just visit the BBC Essex website, bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. 
the BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther every Saturday from 11.